Table Fries is a new podcast hosted by Gene Hopkins, Chief Marketing Officer at Lola.com. Gene has built and led marketing teams, authored top-selling marketing materials, and served on advisory boards all around Greater Boston. With Table Fries, Gene sets out to interview every woman working at Lola.com. Gene will talk about motivation, what makes a good day, and we'll connect the dots between guests in a special way. At Table Fries, there's always room to share. So grab small plates and don't forget the dipping sauce. To find all the new and previous episodes of Table Fries, check out your favorite podcast platforms or visit us at lola.com slash table fries. And don't forget, Gene is building Boston's next great B2B marketing team at lola.com. So be sure to stay updated on new roles at the lola.com careers page. Table Fries, where sharing is caring. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Table Fries, the Lola.com podcast for the women of Lola, because we like to share a lot. And with me today is Shelby, and Shelby is a manager on the Wombat team, and we're really excited. We've we've talked to Stacy, and we've also talked to, oh, my goodness. Ashley. Ashley. Yeah. My goodness. And see, out of sight, and, you know, Ashley is on maternity leave right now, and we miss her, right, Shelby? Definitely. Thanks so much for joining us today, Shelby. We're really happy to have you here. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, too. Great. Tell me the story of how and when you decided to join Lola. Okay, so I started stalking Lola Uh quietly probably about four years ago. Really? I was at a a different company and I wasn't happy with the direction that my career was going. I wasn't loving the work I was doing. As with every other job I've ever been in, I loved the people I worked with, but that was kind of where it ended for me. And I kept my eye on Lola over the years. And then I started aggressively job hunting. Mm -hmm. I actually gave my notice at my last company before I had anything Wow, that's brave. lined up. Um, my parents thought I was insane. Mm-hmm. I, I felt a little insane, but I needed to pull the rug out from underneath myself, so I did. And shortly thereafter, uh, maybe a couple months after I, or two months after I did that, I saw an advertisement for the Amadeus expert position at Mm -hmm. Lola, and I read the description, and I've never read a job description that was more me, so (laughs) I applied, and I came in, and I was offered the job, and of course took it, and was really excited to join the team. So uh, explain what Amadeus is. I've heard that. I'm not a travel expert. I'm just a software person in marketing. And we have a lot of terminology that we use at Lola, particularly with travel experts such as yourself. So what is Amadeus? So Amadeus is a flight booking software. Usually when people walk by my screen, they think that I'm playing Oregon Trail or something (laughs) cool like that because it's very antiquated and it's a black screen with like green text. But what it really allows us to do is you can access live flight inventory from almost every airline in the world, live inventory to service the clients. So we have access, you know, at our fingertips of of all the flights and seats and pricing for flights going at any time within the next 10 months. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, that's pretty crazy. So, and you have a fairly small screen and I've seen you working on that pretty small screen. I, I would think that somebody that is working with that kind of code or readout would need something that's, but you you guys work everywhere. 
We do. Yeah, we're a very mobile team. Just last Friday, I was working on my dad's couch. And, (laughs) um, you know, we work from coffee shops, wherever we can grab an internet signal, we can hop on. It is a small screen, but there are only a few days a week you catch rubbing my eyes at the end of the day. Yeah, really. So is there a single word that might describe you? We've heard tenacious. We've heard open-minded. We've heard all sorts of different things. What, What is the word that you think might describe you? It can be a phrase. It doesn't have to be a single word. I think if you asked anybody close to me, they would just say funny. Yeah, first. you are funny. Um, and I, I'm proud of that. I, I think I think I'm funny. But a lot of people think I'm funny and fun to be around. And I like to bring light to situations, you know, even when it's crazy and it feels like a really busy day. Why not laugh a little, too? Right. I mean, it's a, this too shall pass, right? You exactly. know, find a little find a little humor and everything. So maybe it's not funny, but maybe you're just positive, right? You're you always look on the your glass is always half full. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yes, yes, it's absolutely true. True. Last book that you read? The last book that I read was called Overstory. Okay. It's not a business book. I've tried my best to read business books, but <laughs> can I... can be a little dry. Yeah, I can't get into them, but Overstory is a novel about the relationship between people and trees mm. and how trees are this amazing organism on earth. It's really interesting and all their stories intertwine, like the root systems of the trees do. Mm-hmm. It just actually won the Pulitzer Prize. So. Oh, really? So how yeah. did you pick that book? A friend of mine gave it to me and told me that I had to read it. Oh, okay. And it was a requirement. I wasn't going to argue with him, <laughs> but I appreciate it. He knows how much I love the environment and a good story where a lot of different characters from that you could never see their stories coming together and they intertwine ultimately. So how did it win the Pulitzer Prize? I mean, was it the author? <laughs> yes. And, and it was it the topic or what? I think it was the topic being pretty current and mm. important in the world. And then, of course, just the way that he humanized it. I mean, if you if I told you I read a 600 page book about trees, you, you know, think, okay, and this girl can't read a business book. But it had a real human element to it. Everybody had an emotional attachment to the trees in some way or another, and their mm-hmm. stories wound up coming together. And that brought a lot of interest to it. And I think those two things combined... Push it right up to the top there. There you go. That sounds sounds great. Now, you mentioned about being positive and about being funny. At the end of the day, how do you know you've had a good day? What does it look like to you? When I've had a good day, which honestly are most days, I think that I am more chatty. If I've had a bad day, I'll I'll go the opposite of what you just asked me. If I've had a bad day, I'm very quiet. Mm -hmm. I don't want to talk. But if I've had a good day, smiley, I'm kind of chatty. I like to go home, cook dinner, talk with my roommates and, and things your cat. like that. And your my cat. cat. Yes, yeah. so you, have to talk to, you have to talk to your cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she meows back. So one piece of advice that you give to your 18-year-old self. This is a Stacy question. Okay. I like this question, and I'm taking it in the way of if I were to have a redo. Right. I would have gone away to school. I went to college in my hometown, mm. and I think that I had a nice college experience, and I got my degree and all of that, but I do think that I missed out on that experience of really going away. Um, I never lived in the dorms. I, you know, I had apartments with friends that I already knew. So I think that the most growth that I've had in my life is when I've been in a situation that's completely foreign. Mm -hmm. And that's a really big foreign experience for Mm -hmm. most people. And I, I missed out on that. Mm -hmm. So I think I would kind of redo that and tell my 18 year old self to get over it and and go away to school. (laughs) 
Morelli. Yeah, I can understand that. I have two daughters, and I knew one did not want, she just was not a sleepover kind of a kid at all. Just wanted to be at home. But the other one, she's a little bit more flexible. And I see what you mean by that, to be able to have the ability to kind of go out on your own and adulting in a certain way that's kind of has safety parameters. You have some bumpers around yourself as well. Yeah, definitely. And I did a lot of traveling and things like that in those Mm -hmm. years. So I did get some of that experience. But I think just the real, having to build that community Mm -hmm. of friends and and support that you just don't have any of that set up uh, beforehand. And, and that is something that I learned a little later in life and I think would have picked up earlier had I gone away. Interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that. Uh, Ashley's question involves food service almost always. Worst job and why? I don't want to name the company, but it was a crafts and fabrics type store. (laughs) Um, So not food service. Actually, I enjoyed my time. I worked at a pizza place for four years. Oh, wow. So you like that. Good for you. I mean, well, pizza, I mean, hello. (laughs) But my worst job lasted, it lasted about two weeks. I was doing inventory at the store and one of my shifts was eight hours long on my knees on a linoleum floor counting buttons. So that was, that was about the end for me. (laughs) Individual buttons? Um, you know, there might have been like two on a little piece of card tag. Yeah. So. And you were counting those. Yeah, for, for the inventory purposes. And yeah, that, that didn't last very long. Only <laughs> two weeks. I'm surprised you lasted that long. That's miserable. Yeah. Prefer to be an individual contributor or a manager? I like to be a manager, which is good because I am a manager. So I like to, I like to share my experience with people. I like to help people find their way. And I kind of like a mix of both. And, and my job allows me to do that because I have the Amadeus knowledge. So I do get to contribute on an individual basis with that. But I, I like the team aspect of being a manager. Yeah, you also report on external bookings and things that when we're, we're helping some of our customers be able to do things that might be outside of our system, and your team is responsible for that. How challenging is that? It is a big challenge, but I think it's an important one because I think a lot of times people think that technology is replacing mm-hmm. people. Human, yeah. Humans, yeah. <laughs> and our, our reporting and, and our team really proves that humans are still needed. And even though we're very advanced technologically and we have all kinds of really cool features, we're still needed. And and there's a lot that we do that supports the technology. Right. Because you can't, I mean, just the fact that you're able to work within Amadeus, which is a fairly antique, it's almost, it's all code, right? And you have to know how to code when you're going into the individual system in much the same way that if you go to a JetBlue gate or something, and so you're, you need to change something when the person is on there going ticka 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 that's what that's all about exactly. right exactly yeah, and that's challenging it is it is and I think that AI has come a long way but I always like to use the example of when you call an airline or any company really that has one of those voice recognition menus how frustrated do you get it never understands what you're asking for mm-hmm. once you finally get to a live person they rarely have the information that you've already spent 10 minutes giving mm-hmm. um, so the I think one of the best things about Lola and the Wombat team is that 
you bypass all of that. You, you can come right to us and, and we're a real person. We have brains and we can understand what you're asking for. <laughs> and, and probably have heard it before. Yes, right? exactly. And that's, that's one of the benefits <laughs> yeah. that at least travel is something. It's not like medicine, right? You know, you usually know the airports, you know the airlines, you know some of the pain and the agony that some of these individuals are feeling and you can empathize with them. The most surprising is a Beth question, corporate counsel. She's, since you've joined Lola, is there something that has surprised you that you didn't expect? Yeah, I think that, I think the most surprising thing for me is how much we're able to accomplish. Mm. Because when you walk in the door here, it feels very laid back. That doesn't mean that we're all sitting around, you know, drinking our cold brew and (laughs) just talking about the weather. It feels low stress, but we get a ton done. And Mm. that to me was surprising when I first started. People are chatting all day and the music's on and it's just this nice environment to be in and Mm -hmm. yet we're making leaps and bounds. Growing as an organization. Um, Kelsey, Chrissy question, sorry, Chrissy question. Your most interesting experience or trip, you you just came back and you're you're trying to maintain your suntan (laughs) right now. It's been a few weeks since you came back from that cruise, right? Yeah, that was a nice trip. It certainly wasn't the most interesting. I think I went to Kenya. Oh, Um, really? Yeah, this was going back now probably 10 or 12 years, but that one is still the top of my mind as, as most interesting. Just, I mean, the wildlife alone and just seeing, um, we went to visit native people and saw their homes and just the vast differences there. Um, and the landscape is, is absolutely beautiful country, amazing coffee. I think I had about <laughs> six cups of coffee a day on that trip. That's funny. Um, and that one really, that formed my true passion for travel. I had always, I, I'd started traveling in high school and mm-hmm. had gone on several trips prior to that one, but that that was the one that pushed me over the, the edge, I think. And so how did you end up going there? I mean, it's a big leap, I mean, to be able yeah. to make that kind of a, I don't know if I would make that kind of a commitment. I mean, it's fascinating to be able to watch those those kinds of animals, but the, I'm not sure I could stand the heat. It just looks hot. But you're right about it being absolutely fascinating. Back at the beginning of my career in travel, I was a leisure travel agent. Oh, so okay. people could come to me to book traditional right. vacations kind yeah. of stuff. And the industry used to have these things called fam trips, familiarization for agents to learn about a destination and be able to mm. sell a product. And there was one to Kenya that was offered and it was a reasonable price. I wouldn't mm. say it's a great price mm-hmm. because Kenya is very expensive to get to, but I knew I was going to be with another group of agents and I knew that it was just something I really wanted to see. I mentioned earlier how much I love the environment and, mm. and nature and uh, I just thought, wow, this would be really cool. So I kind of closed my eyes and melted my credit card and mm-hmm. and went. Um, and a lot of people thought I was crazy because I was going alone. Right. Um, I met up with a group when I was there, but it was great. And the best trips that I've been on have been ones where I've been completely removed from my normal element and been put into these other worlds that you I had only previously seen in magazines or read about books or seen on nature shows and things like that. So, Well, when you went there and, and you said it's been like 10 or 12 years since you've been there, has there been anything that you've been observing in the environment or some of the... I've been watching the Netflix show Our Planet and seeing some things in elephants are becoming scarce again in Africa and a, a lot of things. Is there anything that you saw there? There that you would want to tell people about things that we should pay attention to as a as humanity, I guess. Um, yeah, definitely. I think that the animals are absolutely wonderful and and need 
our love and care. And that is super important. But the thing that I saw that stuck with me the most was plastic everywhere. Tiny villages, remote villages, like six hours outside of Nairobi and dirt roads. And there are plastic bags and bottles and it's everywhere because they don't have the garbage removal companies that we have. That gets it out of our direct site. But where is it? Somewhat, somewhat. I mean, except alongside the roads and that sort of thing. Um, But it's, I mean, it is everywhere there and they don't have dumps and garbage transfer stations to get rid of it. And it's just not going to go away. No. It's forever. Yeah. So that was, that's upsetting. And I saw that in Asia as well, but particularly in these little villages in, in Kenya, there was just completely covering the sides of the roads. That's pretty tough. Liz asked this question, is there anything in the office that you'd like to see upgraded or changed? Well, Liz and I have a great relationship. Of course. And Everybody does with Liz. <laughs> yes, she's awesome. Going off of what I just said with the plastic, she's already gotten rid of straws mm-hmm. and plastic cutlery and paper plates based on my screaming and yelling. So I love her for that. And I'm not that picky. I love everything that we have. I feel like we have so many perks and great things. The one thing I guess I would ask for would be a, a little bit more quiet space. Um, it's hard when we're on the phone because we are in such an open environment, which I love and nice and light and airy. But when you're on trying to make a phone call, especially if it's an upset customer, it's hard with all the background noise. Right. And some customers may want you to be able to pay attention to them. They may be in a very noisy environment as well. So if you're in a noisy environment, they're in a noisy environment at an airport, it can not bode well. Yeah. We just need to grab one of those like old phone booths that nobody's using anymore and throw it somewhere in here. I I remember a company, Barclay, and they have a security software solution and the CEO and the CTO went out and specifically bought one of those uh, British Oh, red the red phone. ones. Yeah, and, cool. and they set it up specifically to be yeah. a phone room. I, yeah. I think it's good to be able to have things like that. I, I know Kaylee on my team, she's always looking for quiet space just to be able to think. When you're when you're trying to program or you're trying to do something, you need that kind of Definitely. quiet time in order to focus. I know Sonia that we talked to before you, she wanted to know like what the path was, like what was your education path? How did you end up in, in travel? How did, how did this happen? So I have a degree in geography, which isn't just learning like the states and capitals, which a lot of people think that is. It's a lot about, you know, the movement of people and analysis of data and mapping and graphing trends and things like that. Once I graduated with that, I was totally lost Mm -hmm. and had no idea what I wanted to do. And I thought that maybe I would go back and get a degree in education Mm -hmm. and become a teacher. And so for a year, I worked at the local high school in my hometown and was a special education tutor. And I loved the kids that I worked with. I did not love the environment of the school. So I kind of sat back and thought, what do I like? I actually had a a woman that I worked with that said, well, what do you like to do? And I said, well, I like to travel. And she said, well, why don't you get a job in travel? And I said, because I didn't know that was a thing. (laughs) Is that a thing? Yeah. I was like, well, that's a really good idea. Do what you like. So I started seeking out travel jobs. And I, like I said earlier, got the job as as a travel agent. And then the company that I worked for was bought by our biggest customer. So I merged more into doing uh, airfare for group tours and grew 
with that company, I, um, became manager of my team and moved to Boston where their headquarters was mm-hmm. and, and then started looking for something else to bring my skill set to and, and came here to Lola. Yeah. Oh, it's, an in- it's interesting. You know, yeah. geography sounds fascinating. I loved it. I mean, I still have, love the topics and, and things, but yeah, I think the study of the world kind of encapsulates a lot. So you can really go a lot of different directions oh, with it. A, that's right. I mean, maybe we should all do a little bit about that. That sounds that sounds very interesting. Your favorite Lola value, Lola Pack, Wicked Loving, Customer Core, Humble Learner. You've been given a High Flyer Award a number of times here at, at Lola, talking about uh, at our Mashas when we're having our company meetings because you are so focused on the customer, making sure that they're taken care of, also working well with the product team to be able to make sure that they're able to hear and understand some of the challenges that our customers might be having but what is your favorite value my favorite's wicked loving yeah yeah i think that's what sets lola apart i think that's what makes it a nice place to come every day and you know i recently had uh, surgery and i was really worried about my time out of the office and Mm -hmm. i put a lot of pressure on myself Mm -hmm. that i don't have to really do that here Mm -hmm. Um, people want you to take care of yourself if you're not well, or if you need time to to step away to be with your family, that is understood and expected of you. And that's not the case everywhere. No. And the fact that we all really genuinely care about each other is awesome. That I get like goosebumps talking about it. It's just a really nice thing to have. And I, I have a lot of friends that don't have that. And right. Um, When I started here, I was not, I wasn't happy with my career. I wasn't in a great place. And after about two months, I remember going home and I was talking to my dad and my dad, you know, he's kind of a New Englander guy, Mm -hmm. you know. True Yankee. Yeah, tough, (laughs) tough guy kind of thing. And and he said, you look different, B. He, He said, you look happier. And that made me step back and realize the physical toll that being stressed and and unhappy can take on you. And and that through wicked loving Mm -hmm. doesn't happen here. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, for him to notice that I look different. I mean, Mm -hmm. you'd think I would have dyed my hair pink or something. (laughs) (laughs) Not just had my stress removed. But so that when he said that, it really hit me that I had found an awesome, awesome place to be. Um, a place that's, that's more supportive. Something funny you and I share in common is we, we like grandma candies. Yes. <laughs> Love my grandma candy. Bitto honeys. <laughs> uh, and I had a whole bunch of bitto honeys and I brought them in and filled up this giant jar. And I remember you sent out a Slack message like, who brought these in? This is the greatest. That and the, the little coffee nips, yeah. the, those two things. Is, are there any other grandma candies you like? So I have some on my desk right now. They're, they're the puffy like peppermint. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I call them sidewalk chocolate. Mints, oh, yeah. Because um, they're about the same texture. But yeah, I like those. Um, they come in big jars. I, I know my yeah. daughters. Um, it's funny. Horses love that. Ah, Horse, well. <laughs> no, no, they, horses love peppermint. Yeah. And those are uh, big enough and puffy enough that they'll just like take them right out of your hand. <laughs> and and it's, it, it's a nice treat for them. Yeah, I'll have to bring a pocket full next time I hit the farm. <laughs> next, time, next time you see some horses. Yeah. Any questions that you have for me? Anything that you'd like to ask other people on table? fries? Yeah, I think uh, my question for you is what inspires you to continually go above and beyond to just make women the forefront and make women feel special at work and you just bring this energy, you do your regular job all day every day and then you go above and beyond to make all of us feel more empowered and you have all this extra energy to share. So what inspires you to do that and where do you find that energy? (laughs) Thank you. That's a very kind thing to say. 
say kind of makes me cry. I feel that I have a responsibility as a leader. I was probably, my, my mom can probably tell you that I was probably the, the boss of my brownie troop. And um, I've always been one of those kind of people that is just kind of organizing. Even in high school and that sort of thing, there's always the kids that get picked first, and then there's the kids that get picked last. And I always made it a conscientious effort to pick those kids for my team that always got picked last, because everybody needs to get picked first, right? And need to feel better about themselves. And I don't think that there's a dichotomy in the world, that I don't think that there's the, the haves and the have-nots. I'm lucky, I'm healthy, I'm educated, I, I have a good job, I like to pay my taxes, and, and I feel like I have a duty and a responsibility to help other people be able to achieve those things that they can achieve. And one of the things that I find is that a lot of women, through no fault of their own, have not been supported in such a degree so that they feel empowered themselves. And I did an event last week on uh, Thursday night at the Akame thing, and it was talking to individual women, and, and it was more about managing change and how do you figure out that you can be a leader or how, for my topic was talking about being a leader. And so much of it is your persona. It, it's how you own a room, which is why. I am so big on Toastmasters, so big on doing these types of things with our podcast so that people feel empowered. I want women to feel like they know what's going to happen, that they can feel confident in it and be able to move themselves forward. And I am absolutely inspired because in my role, I, for years and years and years and years, I've been the only female at the table. And I've also been very lucky that I've had, even when maybe people aren't as supportive of me as they can be, I've been able to call them on it. And I don't know. <laughs> it's I've been very lucky about being able to have people and being able to have enough confidence in myself. Do I feel paranoid? Do I get anxious? Of course I do. Everybody does. But I want, I want our team here at Lola, where over half of our workforce is female, and we have a diverse organization. I want people to feel confident, and I want them to feel empowered. Well, I do. Good. <laughs> By you, in particular. <laughs> and I think that we have a great open environment here where people mm -hmm. can use their voice. So maybe through these kinds of activities, we can start to bring that out into the world a little more. Yep, exactly. And you're going to be a speaker at our Agile Ops Summit. Um, you've been a speaker on some of our webinars, and you're very active in Toastmasters as well. Yeah, I love all that kind of stuff. I'm really excited about the Agile Operations. I think that'll be a really cool gathering of people and speakers, and that'll be a nice opportunity. That's great. Thank you, Shelby, for coming today. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Table Fries with host Gene Hopkins from Lola.com on the Funnel Radio Network. Be sure to subscribe on TableFries.com. Table Fries is brought to you by Lola.com. Super simple corporate travel software from the travel innovators who brought you Kayak. Whether you want better visibility into travel spend, help managing your corporate travel program, or 24-7 human-powered support while you're on the road, Lola.com is the perfect solution. Lola.com, a better way to travel for business.